What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 148 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm not super smashed this week. <laughs> and I would like to, right off the bat, apologize for the late post this week. I was sick all week, and uh, hopefully my nasally voice doesn't bother you as much as it normally does. So... Don't well, you think I, I have know. a normally nasally tone? I, I don't think so. But I mean, I, I know really normally know. it's a very slick baritone. but It's definitely not a slick baritone. <laughs> um, no, that's not it. Uh, no, I think your, your, your voice isn't super nasally. But we, we apologize and, and uh, hope that you'll enjoy the episode anyways, listening at the late hours of Friday. By the way, so I have noticed uh, probably the last, like, I don't know, couple months as we meet more people who listen to the podcast, um, everyone's like, oh, Joe, you look exactly like I think you would. Robin, however, totally different. What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I think I know what it means for you, but I don't know what it means <laughs> right, for you. Right? That's what I'm like. <laughs> but I also describe myself. I feel like we talk about how I look a lot more than you do. Like, you're Tom Brady, and that's it. And me, it's like, oh, big blast of nips, dude, with big beard. <laughs> Just super hairy, big dude, like... Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. I think people think I'm smaller than I am. I think that's funny. Too. I mean, uh, right. Because we're roughly the same size. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I just have a giant beard that just makes me look way more giant. Yeah. Just the volume Well, of you have a really big hair. head in general. Like. I have a giant head, for yeah. sure. Um, and I wear a big hat. <laughs> that Those two things that tend to go hand in hand. Oh, so I have a different head. Um Great, yeah, yeah, I don't great. Know. We we had to get yeah, a, we had to get yeah. a, a, a dick brag and uh, weird flex, bro. Uh, penis joke. Uh, <laughs> so welcome to our podcast. If you're new, uh, it's regular. <laughs> it's pretty much pretty much normal. This isn't a. You're not in for like a one-off crazy show. I guess we'll just get right down to business then. We've got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> we are going to talk about the Disc Golf Pro Tour once again, making headlines by bringing back. Uh, Jomez and Central Coast Disc Golf for the post-produced coverage. You're welcome. And uh, I'll have you know that we uh, personally negotiated behind the scenes. We acted as a liaison for that last week with Sean Jack. Uh, I don't know if it was behind the scenes, so we were pretty blatant yeah. and uh, so loud. We uh, we didn't get credit in the announcement, but we we pretty much made that happen. So you're welcome, disc golfers. And uh, and if you listen to last last show, you know why. Sometimes all it but takes. But also, if you listen to the last show and you only got through like half, like we figured out in the end, it's fine. Yeah. So, uh, just a, a little lesson in business negotiations. Sometimes you got to get the other side a little drunk. So, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's how you get shit done. How do you think a nonprofit in wine country makes its money? <laughs> we just gotta gotta liquor them up and uh, and try and get money out of them. That's that's mm-hmm. how it works. And then we'll uh, recap the Nick Hyde Memorial. Which had like a whole bunch of other sponsor stuff that I'll get to on on there, but uh, we'll we'll talk about the winners the Southwest there. Southwest Heiser Bomb Innova charging forward, get it up, let's go, <laughs> Team America Open. Also sponsored by Insulation, not a company, just, just Insulation, just Insulation. It's good. It's, it's good. The the commodity cuts, itself decided that they wanted to reach it, out to the disc golf. It market. cuts down on heating bills. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, it was cold out, and they felt that they had a unique opportunity for like twelve dollars to uh, be able to get the, their name the, on the there. Insulation Bureau of America, <laughs> the, exactly. IBA, the Insulation Guild. 
Yeah, it's it's a thing. Don't look it up. Do, yeah, don't look it up. <laughs> don't Google it. We're definitely right. <laughs> definitely not lying to you. And then we'll talk about the Jonesboro Open, which is in progress, another Disc Golf Pro Tour event, and talk about how their live went so far today. And because uh, we've already watched a good amount of the first round, and we will try not to spoil anything, but you know, we'll see what happens. And then we have our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc. We take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Discmania Royal Rage FD2. This is like the third the, version. The re-retooled. The re-retooled. I like the... I like which the, is what RR actually stands for. I like the... Someone in Slack said the FD2 uh, uh, retooled. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And we're going to pair that with Waldo's Special Ale by Lagunitas which is an 11.3% special ale. It's 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 magic. It's magic. I uh, put up a picture, um, a friend of mine who her and her husband, uh, rad people, live in Thailand, I believe. Um, and she was like, I'm tired of all the negativity on Facebook. Will someone please like post something awesome that happened to them today? And I posted a picture of... Uh, the Waldos I was drinking at the time, and she was like, "What?" And actually, her husband works at a company that imports beer from the U.S. to Thailand. Like that's their jam. Uh huh. And she was like, "What is that beer? Is it like an IPA? Is it a blah?" I was like, "Ah, it's uh, it's Waldos. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it's. I wish I could be like it's an American strong. Like yeah, we'll talk about it more. But I I love the fact that she asked me. And I was like, "Oh, it's Waldos. Yeah." all this yeah so are you ready to get right into the disc golf pro tour indeed so disc golf pro tour as we already stated announced that they were bringing back uh, or come to an agreement with jomez pro and central coast disc golf to do post-produced coverage so on on their remaining events there's some form jomez is doing um the uh, portland open and the ledgestone open and they'll also do the green mountain championship they'll have the mpo uh lead card on each of those and then ccdg has signed up to do the san francisco open the portland open ledgestone open great lakes open idlewide open and the mvp open but not the green mountain championship and they will have the mpo chase card on each of those yeah and then par save which i believe is the in-house it is um dgpt people will continue to rock fpo pretty much going forward after jonesboro um, and I know I saw a comment on this earlier. Someone's like, I thought Smashbox was going to blah, blah. Smashbox is still doing all the live. They announced that last week. Yeah. Smashbox is doing live. This well, is the post-production. This is the post-production. So yeah. don't, don't get them. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what's up. Another, um, another positive step for them. It makes me feel a lot better about oh goodness, what yes. we're going to get to see and, and uh, you know how well we can analyze what actually happened in the tournaments because we'll we'll have definitely have a lot of footage um, coming from all of those, and it should speed up things. So, and I think also take some of the pressure off of the live crew, you know, having to to you know deal with both the live and getting post-produced coverage. Now they can have these other crews focusing on getting really high-quality post-produced, and they can allocate a little more resources toward the live. So. Yeah, I think it's a, 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 you know, everybody wanted this to happen a long time ago. We did. We did. We we wanted, and now I'm more coherent, we wanted high quality post-produced. 
Yeah. That's what we wanted. And we have proven commodities. Yeah. So we know we're going to get it. Yes. And it's not because it's the cookie, whatever. It's because it's proven and we know it's going to be quality. And that's why we're excited. But we also are like, I'm not going to act like uh, we aren't personally in love with Jomez and CCDG. But but we were in love with CCDG. We didn't know who the hell Jomez was. They came out of, out of nowhere oh, yeah. and, and rocketed to the top and are now the, you know, the most watched disc golf channel. They are. So I think that's one of the things that, that has been misunderstood possibly on the disc golf pro tour side is that, that we were all latched on to Jomez and CCDG. That's not true. If, if, if better coverage came out and it was better than anything we'd seen before, we would drop, drop it like, like it was nothing. And, and, to and about- before I went off the rails, I said exactly that. <laughs> I listened back. That's what I said. So, and I probably said it again very poorly at the end. Um, but, but we have proven commodities, people that we love that are, are taking care of it. Um, and I can't help but think that although they're keeping a lot of stuff in house with the par save stuff, um, because of the partnership, the ability to reach out and ask for like opinions or thoughts or advice, um, that channel is going to be much more open. I would hope so. Uh, to to make sure it all gets done the right way. I think overall this just represents more disc golf media that we're going to get. Oh, you know, yeah. like it, it's literally tripled the amount of coverage that we're likely to get and we'll get it in a timely fashion. So uh, I think that overall this is for, for the disc golf uh, viewers, the people that are watching tournament coverage, this is an absolute like, you know, thank you, please. This is what we wanted. So I, it just, it just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. It, it did. And I know that they, you know, the Disc Golf Pro Tour thought that they could do it in-house and do a better job of it. And good for them for, for doubling back and coming back to the table with these with CCDG and Jomez and making it happen. So Also, I knew it was going to happen. By the way, I, I said it last podcast and got shut down, but <laughs> I knew it was coming. I could feel it in my bones. <laughs> well, I mean, it was... He Steve Dodge, when asked about it on the Ulta World, was like, no comment. And they're like, so by saying no comment, you mean that that's in the works? And he was like, I'll repeat my previous statement, no comment. And I was like, that's pretty much... That's, you're not the only person in the world that, that saw this writing on the wall there, That's brother. like Sean Jack saying, it's not not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love you, Sean. So. Uh, no, it's, it's great. It's great <clears throat> for the sport. Like, really, <laughs> we said it from the beginning, like... Disc Golf Pro Tour is doing so much to grow the sport. Like, use the tools you have. Like, you've got amazing pieces to help you grow it even better. Like, like use it. The vehicles are there. Like, get in and, and ride with them. And they did. And they did. And they should. And that's fantastic. And learn from them. And if you want to do your own shit in house, rad. But, like, use these partnerships and learn make connections and there could be a good could, could <laughs> we just had a stack of discs crash yep but uh, there could be a time in in a year or two where they're actually able to figure this out and do it all in-house totally. and hopefully by that time all quality of of media coverage across the board will have gone up during that time period as well so hopefully the bar keeps getting raised to to a point where we're actually getting live coverage that is seamless you know so yeah yeah, I'm excited. And, and and yeah, live coverage seamless. We're getting there. Yeah. It, well, I mean, we'll cover it in the in the yeah. rest of the show, but, but 
rad. I'm stoked. Um, I'm especially stoked. Like, and this is purely for my own, um, not necessarily gain, but just makes me happy inside that uh, Ian and his boys come up to SFO. Even though it's on Mother's Day weekend. I'm going to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked at the at the dates on there and I'm like, crap. All right. So, Rob, we're just going to have to spend way too much money on spa days for our wives in the city. I think that's that might be the only option. I think that's what we're going to have to figure it out. Like, like here... Wait, no, Joe and I are just going to wait oh. outside. We're definitely not going to a disc golf oh, tournament. Oh, Spa Day and like <laughs> the Orpheum Theater, some sort of musical. Yeah. With limo. Not limo. Not I can't do that, but like uh, uh, yeah. rides there. All right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so basically. Please our- send money to the disc golf podcast, <laughs> gmail.com to pay for us to pay our wives off. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. Uh, it's a fun to need situation for getting our wives at least a six hour window completely filled so that we can disappear to a tournament unnoticed. By the way, Ian, you can plug your wife into that too. Like we can get all three of them rolling because I'm sure you may be in that same boat, my brother. <laughs> Love you. Hey, honey. Uh, I know that originally I wasn't supposed to go to the San Francisco open, but, uh, they just locked us in again, so I love you. Here's flowers. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> San Francisco. Oh, th- that you need to just get them locked in for the sh- the uh, for your house and wine tasting. And oh god, yeah, we could make that happen. That's not hard. Probably. That's probably the easiest out of all of them. All right. Anyways, uh, stoked, stoked on all of it. Um, super rad. Oh, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to open the door to just figure it out. I I think it's going to be a massive improvement and uh, we're already seeing improvements in in their their media plan and and they're they're adjusting at this point a little bit more rapidly than they were the the first couple times around. So, I think they're pointed in the right direction and this is another indication that they they understand what they can and can't do. And what they need to yeah. to make their the get as many eyeballs on their tour as possible. So. Plus, that means for Jonesboro, we're hopefully gonna get some some Turry commentary. Yeah, that'd be good. All right, so uh, should we move on to the Nick Hyde Memorial, powered by Heisenbaum, driven by Innova, Southwest funding? Yeah, I would say Southwest Nick Hyde and uh, and kept warm by the Insulation Guild of. Just it's just insulation. I don't it it I it's strange to me, but it the insulation guild. That's it. <laughs> we keep stuff warm, yeah, or, or cold. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's how insulation works. <laughs> what do you want? We got it. All right. So I'm going to be uh, fully honest here. I, since I was feeling under the weather, I did not catch up on a lot of the post produced. Did you uh, manage to watch a good amount of this? Oh yeah. Oh, good. So you. Oh yeah, I watched. Lead, I watched. Lead the way, my friend. I watched pretty much everything, which I honestly haven't in a long time. Um, if I'm being totally honest, I haven't watched a ton. Um, great course, lots going on. Um, rad to see California native SoCal legacy sponsor Nick Newton charging out day one. So day two was canceled due to rain. Um, for the MPO, we'll get into the FPO and kind of that world of it um, in a minute. Nick Newton had a super strong round one, was was leading by a stroke. Um, and then even in round two coming out, he came out super strong. 
He, I feel like him and Eagle were both like four for four to start it up. Um, and then he kind of went on a par train and Eagle just unlocked like Super Saiyan. Yeah. Eagle was just on fire. Um, the greatest thing ever, if you had, and, and it's over, it's happened. If you haven't watched it, like you're dumb. It's not a spoiler thing. It's the, you're not dumb, but if you're upset by spoilers, you're dumb. Um, Garrett Gurthy. I and did Eagle see McMahon this. put on a clinic of insane shots. Yeah. Like stupid routes that you would never no no mortal would ever even try. I saw a couple of girthy clip uh, uh clips and I was like, "What the it hell?" It was the entire round. Yeah. The entire round was like I'm going to throw the super overstable driver on a hard Anheuser high over the trees. And when it flexes back, I'm going to, like, be at the basket. Like, they just, they threw routes that no one else did because no one else could. That's probably accurate. Which brought up a thought that I put out to Slack and I hit up uh, Ian. Um, Instead of, like, your regular horse or putt or whatever game you want to talk about, about, like, doing, like, the putt-style horse... Like, there should be getting it inside the circle, like, off the T-horse with, like, Simon, Garrett, Eagle. I feel like Paul could probably hold his own in that, probably. too. Probably. But, but, but you have to match the but shot But you have style. to match the shot. You have to match the line. Yeah. Like, you have to throw the same line to get to the basket. That would be pretty cool. It would be the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. they just threw the most insane, crazy lines. Just thinking about that, like... The, like having having everyone and then you you take the t on the next one if you hold the you know totally if you're able to so you have to throw this on the most like hardcore hyzer possible but you need to flip it and turn it over and then go 400 feet before it spikes down like yeah even down to the i guess you wouldn't want to limit you know what it'd be though it'd be like you know uh like i pull out turbo when we play yeah eagle would just pull out grenades Probably. And be like, all right, this is a... I'm sure Macbeth has a pretty serviceable grenade. Just- Dude, I'm sure Gurthy can crush a yeah. Scooby. Like, that's that's the world. Um, and Simon, too, would be like, all right, so we're going to throw a putter upside down. Yeah. This is what's up. Right? Wouldn't that be the coolest thing to watch? Yeah. Like, I'd, it'd I'd, be... It'd be awesome. Super duper. Or play it like a skins-wise, even, like... Copyright the Disc Golf Podcast? I, it's in our Slack group. It's it's written. Our, our new game, time. we'll call it, what, Lines? Instead Ooh, I of like horse, it. L-I-N-E-S into it. Done. Yeah. Um, Ian, if you're listening, we'll share this with you. You film it. We'll be there. We'll help with commentary. Uh, we can all benefit. Anyways, that's that's what it was. Just them throwing insane shit. Nick Newton uh, putting nails. Uh, but like the, the lead card, the final card was Eagle, Nick Newton, Garrett Gurthy and can you scroll down? I feel so bad that I forgot his name. Um, and Nolan Grider, who's like old school Texan, a million tournaments, like hundred plus wins, just solid. Yeah, he just he played so solid. He just didn't have like the crazy over the top. Nolan Grider is such a Texas name too. He is, and he's a grinder. <laughs> like it yeah. goes real close with his name. Um, but yeah, so it was only two rounds, and. I think that's great for those who finish round one up top. I do think for, um, and, and, uh, spoiler, uh, talking about what's coming up now, 
Um, Rick had a really tough start. It was just, it was done. And, and I really thought Rick would be towards the top in this tournament. And in only two rounds, not having that like moving day to get back. Um, I'm not blown away that he just didn't have a great, he had a great second round, but didn't mean anything. Was it shaky putting again or, or was it, it in that first, I don't, I didn't watch the video. So I don't, and I don't know. Yeah. I assume he was on the, the first round kind of feature card. It was type. some shaky putting and it was, there was definitely a lot of, um, I mean, both days too. Shaky putting, shaky. It was, it was, it was actually, it was the full scale for him. Yeah. Um, okay. And the same thing, and we'll get to it today. Like, little rough off the tee, rough putt, um, bad footing, a lot of bad footing. There was a lot of mud and and muck. It, it rained a lot right before they started playing yeah. the first round. And they canceled the second round. And they canceled the second round. And I feel like Rick's finish tied for eight. Um. Rick has been someone we've seen that can have a bad first round and and pull it together. And, pull it together. And, and, you know, he's he's one of the top in the world. Um, yeah, no excuses, but not having an extra round makes a big difference. I think you give him one more round here, and he's not – he might not win, but he's probably in that top four. Yeah, without a doubt. So, um, but I mean, he's, only, he's time, only three strokes behind. But at that same time, like Nick Newton – having like uh good weather doing well first round like he held in like he didn't he didn't give it up the next day being on the lead card he didn't drop off i know he's been on ccdg before for for stuff in socal and whatnot but being on and i love this um which is totally true like i feel like Uliberry said like on the biggest stage of disc golf jomez coverage yeah um, he held his own. He hit huge putts. He had great drives. He was super clean. Um, to finish third, he deserved it. He 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 played worth it. He and he had a real bad hole sixteen, um, and still held on for for third. Um, it was just it was good golf. But you like I said, the highlight one hundred percent for the MPO was Eagle and Garrett just throwing shots that no one else did or could. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to, to get after that now that I'm not. Basically, every every moment this week that I had as time off, I was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. so it really was <clears throat> a mixture of the others throwing, like, really beautiful touch, amazing shots, and those boys just being like, I'm gonna throw over everything, <laughs> but it was tu- like it was touch. It was they were awesome. Like um, Garrett Gerthy on hole eight, like a three seventy two. But the the throw he like it's three seventy two up the gut, so he probably threw like a five hundred foot shot um, over stable Anheuser over the top flexed hit the band on the top. Wow. Like he was six inches lower from an ace over the top on a 372, like a 500 foot ace, basically in the distance that it has traveled. Wow. Like that accuracy is. That's insane. Nuts. The other thing that you'll see actually beyond that too, to just like talk about insane shit. Um, we find him, we knew he was good and everything, but Eagle has like an effortless, like, 450 475 forehand he really does like on heiser it's like 
dumb. It, it looks like he's just like doing a little upshot with it. It's dumb. With a putter and it just it's goes. Dumb. It's dumb. And that's the fun thing. So it was, it was Juleberry and uh, Perkins were doing the commentary. And the, and like there was a point where, uh, where Eagle threw the forehand and uh, Yuli was basically like, I don't know why he's doing this. That's like, no one can. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he, he basically was just like, he is the only person in disc golf that has the power to throw a forehand. Like he that. has an extremely powerful forehand. He's an extremely powerful. And it, it's, it, it's funny because any other player that had a shot like that, it'd be what you talk about, except his other skills are so unique as well that you don't really focus on it. Whereas other players really, you're like, Oh, germs got that great forehand and stuff like that. Well, Jerm's got a great forehand, but Eagle smashes. Yep. Um, I will tell you through watching this and watching today, though, um, I do think there's a new number one at distance. Oh, yeah? And, and I mean, he's been in the conversation, but I think for sure... Um, I mean, Eagle is fantastic. Simon is fantastic. Uh, Paul's underrated. There's all these, like, Garrett Gerthy is... Well, Girthy's got some distance titles under his belt. Ger- Ger- so. Girthy, Girthy throws farther than them all. Time to get him out in the desert to to break the record. Totally, he he throws farther than them all. He 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 just goodness gracious. Yeah. All right, and so I'll run down the top ten for you guys quickly. We got Eagle Eagle McMahon. Also, I picked Eagle to win. I just want to point that out. We I, we all picked Eagle to win. Oh, I don't like remember. the whole show I did. Was kind of like, Everyone did. Might have had a beer. Uh, so had to make a little ultra. In in first place, Eagle McMahon at twenty two down, and then we have Paul Uliberry in second place at nineteen down. Nick Newton in third place at eighteen down. Garrett Gerthy in fourth place at seventeen down. Austin Hannum, Reed Frescura, and Nolan Greider in fifth place, tied all at sixteen down. And then we have Ricky Wysocki and Zachariah Johnson tied in eighth place at fifteen down. And then we have Eric Oakley, Andrew Presnell tied. At 14 down in 10th place. So that's your top 10. Let's move on to the FPO. So so this shit, I'll get into this too because I watched yeah, this Yeah, this was, I, I, so I know about this because the, the snafu with the second round I read about because it was so confusing and I, I watched parts of it um, to try and figure out what the heck they were talking about. But um, why don't you go and, and uh, give your recap first and then maybe I can chime in on the rules and, and so, why what happened happened. Ladies played round one. Um, after round one, they started round two. Um, got through four holes, lead card anyways, four holes, and lightning started. So they had a timeout. Um, actually, I feel like they went through like three holes. Started on the fourth hole. Lightning started. They stopped. Like an hour or so later, they came back, finished hole four, moved to hole five. Lightning came back. They stopped. And before they went back, it got shut down. So, uh, done for the day, they moved to day five, and the women were told... Sorry, I was burping. Um, you don't have to... You could just like go off mic and, and do it. And- well, I did it, but it, like there was a pause, and I want to know why I paused. Um, so, day three, I think the I tournament director came out and said, you know what, we're going to throw day four, or we're going to throw those four out. We've got a fresh round. Um, this is the final round. Get after it. Best of luck. 
And once they hit like hole 12 on that round, they said, you know what? We looked at the rules. We totally had it wrong. Because you started the round, you have to at least finish like the nine hole. So they had. So then they were told basically after they finished the 12 that they need to play five more to finish the round. They were given the option to like take it a break and get back to it. But ultimately they had to finish those holes in order to finish the round. And they decided just to do it right after it. But the biggest piece is Paige had a rough first round. Um, Rebecca Cox crushed the four holes the next day. um, Paige did all right. Rebecca did not do great. So I think for her, she kind of going in the final round, like had the fresh slate and got after it and was playing really well. So had they taken round one and round two only, Rebecca Cox would have won. And I don't even know. I know you're like skipping back and forth, and I don't even know how they like what they called I, what round. So uh, we uh, we actually talked to Josh from UDisc a little bit about this because he was like, "Man, this was such a clusterfuck from a, a data standpoint." He didn't say it that way, but it, yeah, no, standpoint. he said it very politely. Um, but he said that uh, Yeti was the one that alerted them that uh, you know because he w- he said that Yeti was looking at the scores on UDisc and was like, "Whoa, this is a problem. Like you guys can't do this. Like this could invalidate the tournament results." Um, cause you, they have to play those holes again. So it's super odd when you look at, at UDisc cause you have, you have round one, uh, showing 19 holes. Then you have round two showing 19 holes and then you have round three showing nine holes. And, uh, it's, so it's, it's kind of confusing to, to look through as to what actually happened, but basically they had to start, uh, after they played the nine holes on in round three, they had to start from hole five on uh well they played four holes round two exactly yeah so they had to play five to make it to nine because nine is what constitutes a full round exactly um or a final round whatever so the first the four in round two plus the five at the end like were the final nine i believe but my point about the confusing part was that you when you look at round two on the nick hyde memorial you see scores for for, gotcha for round three yeah slash for, no you see a full a you see a full yeah eight it, you see a full 19 holes of, of play for round two and then round three you see nine so it's kind of confusing to, to go through on there but basically uh it's the brain's fault yeah just know that so the the biggest thing is and you hear this if you watch uh video and you hear the commentary um momentum is huge i mean in any sport really in any sport like baseball football whatever momentum is huge and as they got to the last probably like five holes of the the true like full second slash third round um rebecca was slowing down and Paige was finding her stride and that carried over to their final five yep um and ultimately katrina allen was in first and Paige banged an eagle putt to win last minute final hole of the whatever <laughs> whatever middle, hole middle last nine yeah to take the win um which great for her like it, it it's just it's it's bad for everyone great for Paige um but still like 
it was just a it was a cluster. It was a cluster and a half. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Rebecca, but I'm also like, you know what? You had a, a round and a half to. It's technically a fair result, as it as strange as, as it is, and and when you're a disc golfer and maybe you're kind of a creature of habit and you like your round certain ways, and if you know you want to prepare in one way and and to have an extra five holes thrown at you, um, could certainly play uh you know play a little havoc on your mind and your mental state. It you know depending on how you prepared for it, but ultimately they all played the same number of holes and they were all put in the same situation. They all were you know no one knew in advance about this more than anyone else. So um, you know I, I'd say overall fair and and you know Paige you know took advantage and and played well in the in good the for her. final holes to to take the win. So that's good and you know especially since she had not been performing as as well. No, no. So. Uh, it's good for her to to get up there, and and Katrina Allen's still playing great, so she's yep. she's really showing that. Which which I I was actually kind of blown away that she actually had an inside circle putt for birdie on um, nine, basically to push and and missed it. Wow! And she's been putting really well. She has been, yeah. You know, but I, I also understand like they played. That means they played. That was their twenty fourth hole of the day. Yeah, where it was gone, and I'm gassed at like eleven. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. Sounds about right. So, uh, in the the final result, we had Paige Pierce in first place at one over, um, and we had Katrina Allen in uh, second place at two over, Rebecca Cox in third place at five over, Lisa Fakus in fourth place at six over, and then uh, kind of drops off after that, Jessica Weiss in fifth place at 16 over. So that's that your results. My, for... That blew my mind. Like, yeah. Jessica Weiss has been playing super <clears throat> solid. Totally. She just, and but it was also like talking about. Totally screwed my grip six picks. The two round, totally. The two round, even though it was like two and a half or whatever, um, you know, she had a really bad first round. We did, um, and then she had a solid second round ish, whatever you want to call it. But usually, that third round um, is your way to shake off like a bad round. Like it's, it's usually not okay, but it's you can come back from a really bad bad first round when you have three rounds and shortened uh, tournaments because of weather. Um, well, they, they do that. Like, I don't think if you saw the play, like in general, I wouldn't think that we was 15 strokes worse than the lead. Um, but with the shortened, yeah. shortened, you know, it happens, but hopefully she can write the ship here. So, all right. You ready? To- Are you trying to say that she's in your group six or? Mm, no, I did not do that. Maybe I. But uh, so let's. Uh, any other thoughts on on the Nick Hyde? Before well, we move so on, my only other thought actually we didn't bring up at all. We made all of our picks, and I was like, based on last year, the course was completely different. Totally different. The course is one hundred percent different. Uh, Hauk came out and made it a whole different world. Cool course, but I just definitely could not. Um, I definitely. My basis for all my picks was blown away. I read about that right afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, why did I look at who? Dude, I had who no clue. Did well. And that's all, all my picks were based on who did well last year, and then yeah. it's a totally different course. Yeah, um, rad course. Like, I I really want to play that course. Yeah, cool. All right, so let's a lot of great Texas courses. We gotta we gotta do a Texas trip sometime. 
We do. Get There's some barbecue a, and, and just play on, a bunch of on, disc on golf. On my exes, there's so many people there. Like, Texas is not that we far away. We legit could stay at people's houses. I'm down. I'm so Robert Graham would probably just, like, we could live in his mansion. I'm assuming he has a mansion. And if not, we could live in, like, his, like, show truck for his, like, whatever. Yeah, his uh, his crypto mining warehouse. RG, we're coming to your house. Love you. <laughs> So uh, it started today. It's already uh, one round in the books, but the Jonesboro Open in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and it's presented by Pro Discus. So that was kind of cool. Pro Discus getting in on the sponsorship game. Yeah. And uh, played against sports, Jonesboro Open. Sorry. Presented by Pro Discus, uh, insulated by the Insulation Guild. Which, by they, the way, they saw returns, so they jumped Kagan right back sports in. Sports has to be the nationwide like biggest disc golf store. I don't care. Sorry, Infinite. Sorry, everyone. Like, played again hasn't figured out everywhere. That's our best disc golf. Well, you know the thing is that they got that that stolen disc selling game. So I know they. Uh, you know nobody else really does that, but they've cornered that market of selling other people's discs. Everyone's got to be stoked when they go to buy a disc. And like, hey, this is mine. Can I give you eight dollars for my disc that got stolen? Yep. Yep. Uh, they they pretty much. Uh, They'll they'll let you buy it back from them for what they paid for it. So it'd probably be like three dollars, yeah, or two dollars. Yeah, that's not bad. But you know, meth head, you know, goes swimming in a pond, grabs a bunch of discs, takes them in to play it again, gets their gets their jollies on. They get fourteen bucks, whatever. Woo, so much better. You know, gotta I think gotta I make know. a living somehow. You can't yeah. can't hate. And if you're gonna you're gonna be a squid and go swim in the in the mud water for for discs, you know, maybe you deserve. Yeah, the only water around here is so bad. That meth Monday. You know, no. All right, so we should probably talk about. I was gonna like sing a song, and then I was like, no. Really? Do that. I want to hear that. Uh, No one wants to hear that. So we had uh, one big announcement that uh, we we hadn't quite covered yet in this show, but hadn't happened as of our last show was that um, the Disc Golf Pro Tour announced that they were not going to. Oh yeah. Have it on YouTube. So they uh, put it on DGPT.TV. Was, and they bought all the bandwidth in the world. Was the stream for this uh, particular one, which kind of like the, the announcement went out and it wasn't like, I, you know, there was no interviews about it or anything like that. So we saw Disc Golf Pro Tour posts about it and we're all, it was like semi-confusing. It wasn't that bad. But there was talk about an app that I couldn't find. And, um, but ultimately the, the DGP, uh, DGPT.TV uh, had the stream. It's just a word WordPress blog with a video on it. Quick, Robin, buy dgp.tv. <laughs> and we can start our own stream. It'll just be connect to them, but there'll be like ad clicks. Oh, yeah, there we go. It'll just redirect to them and we make like two cents. Yep. Yeah. I, all, all, uh, all 26 people, we'd probably make like at least 40 cents this year. 50, 52 cents. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyways, um, but so that was interesting that they decided to roll that out. We kind of knew that was going to happen, um, and so they're also you yeah. Know, we we might have heard from somebody they're, somewhere. They're uh, they're also going to work with Roku, and so it's going to be uh, a streaming channel. I guess the app is for the Roku right. um, to to add it on there, and then you can watch it through the Roku. Which this uh, the TV here in the Shedio is a Roku TV. I know I have the same TV in my bedroom. So um, so that's so the only we'll way be able I can to watch it. We'll be able to do that here in the in the Shedio. So that'll be cool. Um, overall, uh, we don't want to talk scores cause we're mid, mid first round and, and that's, that's not cool. So we won't do that, but, um, we can give you some analysis on how we felt about the live footage. I watched at least an hour and a half of footage between FPO and MPO. 
So I watched about, I, I'd say about 40 minutes of, of uh, no, maybe it was close to two hours. Yeah, so I watched about 45 minutes of FPO in the morning. And then when I got back to my office in the afternoon, I, I watched a, another, you know, hour and hour and change of, uh, of uh, MPO. I mean, I watched over a two-hour span. Uh-huh. So I saw like 55 minutes of disc golf. Okay. So um, overall, I'd say once. So the 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 funny thing about the website is like the logo and everything is really huge. And at first, I like got the page. And I'm like, "Where's the video?" And then you scroll down. There's a very small thumbnail video. I know. I kept like downloading the app. And I was like, "Oh, I connected my Roku, but I don't have my Roku." Oh wait. Oh oh, that's how I, I was like looking for like yeah. a, a menu item that said like live or whatever. And yeah. So and you just I would, scroll down. If yeah. I had any advice for the people doing it, I'd say uh, just. When they go to that page, just have it be the video player, like really, really fucking yep. big, yep, like really big, yep. And uh, then, then they can just press play, and it'll be a little easier. I mean, it wasn't like rocket science. Um, it was freezing on me at first, and then I switched browsers. I was using Safari, um, and it kept freezing at certain points, and then I yeah. switched to I, I moved to Firefox, and it worked fine from there. And so. I was on Chrome. I had no, I had no issues with freezing at all. My only issue is that the in the page it's super small and you can either watch it super small on the page or full screen or full screen yep yeah and and i want like the three quarter yeah i would have preferred that too and i even like minimized it and put it in its own window and made it like three quarter size and went full screen it was fucking popped up full screen i was hoping it would just fill the window nope it's full screen yeah so i would say like if they made the the window viewer like the width of the of the browser yes on the full thing then you could size your browser however big you want this thing to be and it would be fine or you can do full screen so um it hopefully there is a a technician on the disc golf pro tour staff there's got it is a, well it's a wordpress blog so yes well they know. need to figure it out too so there's only I mean, joe there's there's only about 50 million wordpress bloggers in the world so there should be do you want them to call your mom <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to like pick him out. well bro that was that was way too far nah, was it? Was it? um so you know i i was being a little facetious like I watched for a while. I had to reload the page a ton to get on the first time. There's a lot of like insufficient memory or whatever. Yeah, I got a couple of those. And then too. you get in, um, and it went down a few times. It went down a few times, and I think they are making the right move for them. They're being smart. Um, but I also feel like if you're going to dgpt.tv, um, you know, you're wanting that traffic there, but you know, you can make that like three quarter screen and have some ads around it. Like, make it worth your while. I mean, yeah, to to get it there, but also you got to pay for more bandwidth. Like, it just I think that you, they you you we it was just crushing, you know, and 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 that's a good problem to have, but you need to fix it as fast as you can. Yeah, I think the the stress test uh, didn't quite uh, measure up on this one, uh, but it. it to their credit, by the time I it, in at least the first part, I got right in close to the beginning of the MPOT off. Yeah, me um, too. and uh, it worked really well for for you know a solid hour for me uh, with very little problems at all. Um, and and the the footage itself was pretty good. It's still a couple of camera work issues with obviously some people that weren't quite 
camera savvy. I also noticed that like they didn't, there was a couple of times where players were frantically searching for discs because I guess there weren't enough spotters, which isn't the pro tours fault necessarily. They're dealing with local volunteers and stuff like that. But in each case, the cameraman had seen exactly where the disc landed and like all they had to do was like flag someone and be like, it's over there. Yeah. And I didn't see that as much. The one that I hated the most where they'd be like hard in on the, uh, the disc golfer's face after they released the disc for like 15 seconds. And I'm like, go to the disc. Where does their disc going? What happened? (laughs) And then be like, cut to like, the disc already landed. I don't know where it is. Yeah, but overall, I'd say it, this was definitely an improvement. They and I got, only heard one. Doot, doot. Yeah, that's true. There's only one of those. That was great. But uh, it, they they got the picture in picture graphics to work out really well, and the graphics along with Nate and Val. No, um, Nate and Val. I mean, you can't go wrong. So yeah, um, I I wish I could find anyone to look at me like Val looks at Nate. Like I just that's a it's a beautiful thing right there. It's it's just wonderful. But the graphics, back to the graphics. <laughs> back to Sorry, I just got distracted there. Oh, so that was just going like... Is it hot in here? I'm sweating a so, little bit. So uh, just fun fact, going back to um, the thing I went to on Wednesday, and this is for patrons because I don't know if anyone listened. Uh, I got into a conversation with Jamie Thomas and had decided that if at any point Val and Nate come to the Shetty and come on the show, that we, that's the last show. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. We just, we just realized we've done it all. Um, we've hit our peak. Uh huh. Go out on top. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I think everyone would understand too. Yep. 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 Anyways, back, <laughs> back to this. Um, <laughs> but I was like I was saying they they had the scoreboard graphics that were showing up, and then they had picture in picture um, with Nate and Val. So that part graphically, there was a, a, a they major had drone footage that wasn't just a dude running with a can- <laughs> with a GoPro. Yeah, that was rad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it the, overall the footage was an improvement and, I, and i'll throw coverage. one more spoiler out based on what we just talked about um garrett Gurthy still throws crazy lines yeah um one question for you because i don't know i didn't see it and maybe i missed it but there was talk of like throwing the terry on the sideline did you ever see that no. I, I didn't see that nope not at all. i was really hoping for that and i feel like we were promised that yes so um, I hope that they figure that out. Maybe there was just a, a technical glitch with that that they couldn't quite make it work. But I thought that that was one of the major kind of talking points of of uh, you know of of Steve's interview and things like that. And even on our show last week totally. was the benefits of having Terry on there and being able to to have him go on the sideline and and bring information on to the to the you know added content for Nate and Val who are doing this remotely and on multiple occasions noted that they, you know, we're here watching this. We can't quite see the angle and, you know, things like that, that of course someone like Terry in the field. So hopefully they integrate that maybe tomorrow in, in that footage. I, I would expect we're going to see that. And I hope we do. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves Ter. Yeah. Ter bear. Remember? Yeah. He's your boy. Yep. Ter bear, T dog, Ter. Yeah. Let's get it. So, um, all right, I'm not giving away any scores, but I do just want to talk because he might dial it in from now and I can talk about it. Um, Eagle might have like fully thrown the PD2 out of his bag too early. 
Eagle threw the PD2 out of his bag? He did. He took it. His latest in the bag. He doesn't carry PD2s really what? anymore. That doesn't make any sense. That's that's a marketing sham. He's just trying to sell DD3s. He is. He is. But he's like, he's seeing why that was a bad move. No, he he's not doing that. That's not real. I don't. I refuse to believe did that. Did you watch today? No. I, oh, I didn't. God. I, I watched, but I did. I wasn't paying close enough attention to the <sighs> DD3ness. I did see him a couple of times not, not quite... Uh, turning over some shots and and not getting his his flex back like he and i didn't realize that that was the reason though that's the reason whoa it's all cloud breakers oh yeah but i'm also watching it being like i wish i had a disc that like flipped and like went to the like flipped on such a crazy angle went straight and then slowly turned forever like He's getting full flight. Like when you're eagle, one hundred, one hundred. Yeah, no, that's why I said I wish. I never will. Um, he's definitely getting full flight. Like those, without a doubt, are going to be his max max distance. But he threw some pretty insane hyzer angles that ended right, like eagle problems. Yeah, like for sure, six hundred fifty feet of power problems. So it had to be a marketing scheme. Where he's just like, ah, I you can, know I what, could probably you still win though? without you know PD2s. What, and and I'm giving no scores away. Um, he was he was figuring it out by the end. He was starting way more left and getting just crazy. He was figuring it out, and he was he was getting the power down. He was he was figuring it out. I kind of feel like he honestly was like, I just didn't have time to really field work this. I know how to get. And he was like dialing it in on the course. But why would you do that though? That doesn't make any sense at all. Like these PD twos that you've been crushing forever, and suddenly you're going to try and figure it out in the middle of of your pro tour season. That uh, yeah, it's got to be money. You're right. Yeah, it's because he gets a portion of each DD three that sells. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. So DD threes, DD threes. All right, but listen, even though he was turning that shit over, I was like, I want a DD three. I want all of those. Oh, all right. Any any uh, closing thoughts on the on the live coverage before we move on to the deer review? Um, God, I'm spoiling again. I'm sorry. I know we weren't going to, but I have to. Kevin Jones is circle two. God. All right, we can move forward. Thank you for that. That was that was great. But I'm gonna rescue it. It's time. <laughs> rescue it for our world famous deer review. Our disc and beer pairing. Where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have the Discmania Royal Rage FD2, the three three tooled was that what it, what it was? Yeah, FD2, seven speed, four glide, zero turn, two fade, uh, fairway driver, and we're pairing that with Waldo's Special Ale by Lagunitas, an eleven point three percent dank special ale. It is uh, a strong one, a dank one. It's it's a wild one. So I'm going to start on the beer right away. This is not my first Waldo's. I've had Today. Well, no. I mean, yes, that's true, but also I've had this. I've had other years of Waldo's. This is the first time that Waldo's run, um, and but this isn't my first of this year. Um, I don't know if my palate wasn't there or if it was different, but this year is super dank like take a sip of that yeah that's 
Like, that's... like I'm not even talking like um, East Coast dank. I'm talking like weed dank. <laughs> like, on the on the uh, the beer advocate profile, it, it's described as herbaceous, botanical, dank, resinous, and um, yeah, it's that's that's a pretty good way to put it. And uh, we should note extremely powerful. Oh God, it is. It is. It's. Uh, it it. So I I brought this up. Um, at the start of the show, or was the pre? I think the start of the show, maybe pre-show. That someone asked me, "What is this beer like? Is it like an IPA? Is it like a triple? Um, and and it's it's got like little pieces I mean, of it's, other it's beers. It's technically an IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's weird. It's like yeah, it's technically like a triple IPA. I would. I would. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it is. I think it's like yeah, American Imperial IPA. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's technically like a triple IPA. Okay. Well, it's it's its own world. It is. It is. I, I don't. It seems like parts of it, like the the dank kind of uh, you know uh, herbaceous feeling to it, is is its own world. But the other parts of it, like a triple IPA, like the kind of malty sweetness that you get with it, that's very much an imperial IPA flavor that comes through. And then the the kind of um, you know citrusy flavors that you would expect from from an IPA as well. But it it just and she boozy. Uh, yeah, yeah. She boozy for it's, sure. It's just so much flavor at that point. There's just a lot going on, I guess. Like usually, when when you have the triple, when we have the triple, it is boozy and malty, and that is like triple. Yeah, it's booze, malt, burn. Hey, you got yourself a triple. Check out this this beer I <laughs> You know what I get that though. 2019 exceptional dank, a real treat. Fifty six dollars a case at, at San Jose Bevmo. Touch of citrus, hint of cat pee. Alcohol well hidden. Stock up now. <laughs> it is it, it, like it. The stock up now is for real. Like I don't feel like last cat be how how do you at what point do you. Like, did you eat some kitty litter? Like, how, where do you get the... Listen, you're a cat. You know you've rolled in on room with Stanley, like, spraying somewhere. <laughs> you got that little ammonia, like, boo, woo, oh. <laughs> damn. Um, this shit's like, it's what, like, um, it is not last year's. Last no. year's was not this wild. Well, and, and I put down uh, 11.3 in my notes, but it's 11.7. So sure, because so eleven I, three, I think feel like eleven three was last year. I think like last year was more chilled back. It was it was a boozy malt. Like last year was definitely more the boozy malty. Yeah, the dankness in this, and like I said, it's not the the dankness I'm getting isn't um, the same way we talk about like a founders double IPA. Yeah, like it's it's not that that malty East Coast. It is. Um, oh, I'm breaking some barriers here. If you've like ever opened a jar of of weed and taken a whiff, or smoked or whatever, like it is like weedy danky. It is very much so. I mean, it it you can taste it. Like it it's it was designed in that manner, yep. and it is well executed. And they got it like for sure. Um, I mean, I just went to a disc golf thing at Absolute Extracts, which is a weed spot, and this fits right in. Like this is definitely like 
marijuana-esque, danky smell, flavor, boozy. It's still got the piney bitter. Like it's, it's a trip. It is a trip, and that's why I'm like, I, you can't. Technically, yes, it is an imperial IPA. It is its own fucking thing. Yeah, like it's very unique. Waldo's is it's like I feel like Waldo's should live in the same world of Pliny the Younger, where people are like, "Oh, it's the one time a year, like we need to get after it." Like Waldo's is fucking look at it, it's Waldo's special ale. It's fucking special. This shit's just it's it's out there. Yeah, and if you it's get a chance, super good, but it's uh, it's wild. Yeah, if you get a chance or a, a trade or something like that, I think Waldo's distributes across the United States, right? Or is it only local? At this point, probably. I I, would I don't think to... it was forever, but it probably yeah. does at this point. If not, you let us know because it's it's wild cheap too. Like I didn't, I sent you, I I spent eight ninety nine on a twelve pack, and yeah. uh, I don't think that's a regular thing. I feel like our local uh, Broadway market doesn't get it, and I feel like I should buy cases because <laughs> that's yeah. silly. Like I've I've at that same exact place spent. Twenty dollars on a four pack of Same. beer that I don't like as much as this. Same, but and I probably will. They have again. excellent beer selection though. They're fantastic. They're killing the. They're killing the modern yeah, that, times there too. What's that dude's name that, that works there? Gosh, you know. I always I mean. forget his name. But he's my boy. He's he's a good dude. He's the man. And like you tell him, he'll order it. Yep. So yep. Good times. But all right, time for the disc. The uh, Discmania FD2 Royal Rage. This is a Leo Pyrenean. Uh, signature model of the FD2, which is a seven-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, and two-fade fairway driver. So this is Discmania's now third attempt at retooling the FD2. So they did a you know highly touted last year run, which was in a Shimmer Star plastic, and um, was we we reviewed it, and it was way too overstable for us. Yep. And so this uh, release we were I wasn't as excited about it and then I I kind of finally gave in and and bought some and um I've been hesitant to say it on the pod there wasn't a place for it before but now I feel like I bought enough that I can say it to to everyone. This is the closest thing to the second run FD that that I've ever thrown. Damn, Rob, I didn't want you to jump in that much. I was going to talk shit for a minute. I, I'm just saying. Damn, I'll be like, oh, you know where the flight plate, the bevel meets. You like, can you can talk about the that. The tooling is trash. Like it's all bad. No one should buy these. I had to sand it, but but um, it's not the same as as no. a second run FD. No. Um, I, in my opinion, it's faster. Yeah. Um, it, it so I can get it to go farther. Um, and but and it's it still maintains the same kind of core flight characteristics for the most part. In that it's going to fly very, very straight, and it's going to f- finish left, and I, it goes a little bit further in the process, but it's very flat, so it's great for forehands too, um, and uh, it's not super rare and sixty-five dollars on uh, disc golf auctions. So, and we definitely don't have thirteen of them. <laughs> <laughs> Robin didn't definitely definitely didn't buy like two and throw them and say i'm not gonna I'm lie i'm gonna buy all all of them i'm not gonna I buy, lie i buy all of them i bought two and i went and did a field throwing session and then kind of like didn't really believe that that what i was doing was was working and like i have second run fds i bag them i throw them um and i i probably actually should note that i'm i will likely still carry my second run fd 
because there's still a shot left that I would use it for. Um, it's just that these ones are replaceable and, and um, actually I think present a, a new shot. It's probably what uh, I actually have always, I have always had a T-Bird 3 in my bag and I don't often throw it. And I think that this does a much better shot, job of what I wanted the T-Bird 3 to be. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like this disc is, I mean, T-Bird 3, yes, but I also say there are still shots for you for the second run FD, but this replaces that world and all the holes you're like, should I have thrown the second run? Yeah. Like now you will, because this is just that little bit different yep. to get what you wanted. Yeah. So I'm saying that because, um, for me, although I do agree, it's very similar to the second run FD. Um, and I do agree that I'm still going to carry a, a second run. I will carry this as well as well, but it, it is slightly different. Um, I do think it's faster. Um, but for me and for my arm speed slash the spin I get slash probably some oat. Um, I hope it's not oat. I feel like my form's gotten better. But still, um, the the Royal Rage, the three-tooled is not as stable as the second run. And it's not insanely different. Like, I'm not saying it's like, oh, it's way understable. It is still a super stable disc, but not the same as my second run. So my second run, I can juice... Um, and rarely will I even get it to flip up, but I get it to flip every once in a while, but it goes straight for a long time and it fades forward. Like that's the big thing we always talked about with the second run. Like it fades forward as it fades. It still carries forward. This has the same thing, but this definitely flips up more than my second run does. And if I have any like headwind, I can get a really slight, slight, like not hard at all, but a slight right turn. But it's a super slow, super gradual, like pretty, super easy to account for right turn and still that finish left. Um, and dependent like on where we throw and where I throw it, like there's a lot of places where there's a backstop or um, I'm going to finish kind of straight into it, which is a beautiful thing to be able to throw like a 340 foot, 350 foot just laser beam straight. Yeah. Like that's for me, like throwing it. I, I, um, so I went out and played this last Sunday and I, I told Ron, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bring my second run. I'm just going to throw this in my bag and treat it as though it was my second run. Um, and it didn't work out for me in the sense of it rolling the same lines. Like there's a few holes at our local course that I throw a second run that, um, I have a very specific line that I want. And it didn't carry that, but what I saw out of it, like, opened a whole new world. Like, I definitely was like, oh, shit. I know this does. I am pumped. Like, this is not a line. Like, I don't have a 350 laser beam in my bag. Most people don't. Like, I feel good about throwing a straight, maybe super slight turn. Like, you can still tunnel shot this. Like, like I said, that right turn is so gradual. It's so slow. Like, it's not going to turn into the, the tree on the right. Um, it's going to finish straight to maybe left. Like if it, it, I, can, I told him, you, I told Robin, like it is what I love about the buzz. The reason I put the buzz back in my bag, um, but it goes way further. Yeah. So, I mean, it, just in short, like it, what, it, what I'll, I'll summarize that a little bit, summarize that a little bit, but 
You can put a lot of power on this. Oh yeah, and, and get, that's juice juicing it, and get and get a very very straight flight and a a, a left finish, a, a fade finish yep. on it, um, and even and at slower speeds you can play skip shots with it. Uh, yep. You know, like if if you want to want to power this thing down to like a, a 250 to 300 foot range, you can throw it and get some nice skips and some nice hard fade finishes on it. Um, it's it's a pretty versatile disc, and it, the the color glow plastic feels great. Uh, I'm looking forward to a production run, hopefully in Sea Line, and uh, I'll, we'll see how that turns out. But in the and meantime, that's why we have a ton of them because that, that unfortunately um, that's the world we live in with Discmania. There's a reason there are second run FDs and first run PDs, yep. and second run PD twos and blah, blah because. Unfortunately, consistency hasn't always been there. Um, so yes, the hope is the the sea line is there, but um, in case it's not, we bought lots of these. Yeah. So I I recommend fully recommend you check this out. This is probably the most excited I've been about a, a disc in a long time, um, especially since I opened my review of it with, you know, it's comparing it to a disc that I paid a lot of money for. It is. It is. It is one hundred percent. And and even though I said it's a different line, it is one hundred and ten percent, which is impossible. Um, it is the closest thing you will get to a second run FD if you don't have a second run FD. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Um, I will. I will carry both. But another part that I want to work on for myself is um, not juicing it. And working on that flight because I know it's got beautiful things to work with. I feel for me, the Royal Rage is um, what it, like the way it flies for me in my mind uh, is what people who throw like 450 regularly, how a second run FD flies for them. Okay. I mean, that's just like my total like theory. Is that um, it's? It, I mean, it's it's amazing. So for me, primarily, what I use this disc for um, at this point. Now I've got I've done a lot of field throws with it. I've yet to play an actual round with it, um, but but I've I've got Robin caught the plague. Got significant amount of field throws, like probably fifty at this point, um, with with several different colors of it too. Um, and people asking about color runs, I, I haven't seen a difference. I've seen zero difference. I've thrown orange, pink, and blue, and um, I, I can't tell the difference between them. So um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe. Granted, some... there's anomalies. I feel like we, in this podcast, like we review discs that we've gotten like weird-ass runs yeah. and been like, no, this thing's crazy overstate. Like, case in point, when we reviewed the Shrike or the Shrike that we bought to review – was crazy more stable than the next like three strikes that we threw. Exactly, yeah. Like so, it happens. But in this case, I've got a, a bigger control group because I've thrown. Oh, yeah. I've thrown oh, yeah. five different ones and in multiple colors. So and I've thrown two of them. I, I I'm uh, going to bag two blue ones. It looks like at this point maybe one, but um, and we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, it's it's it. What I use it for, what I was getting at is about like. 315 to 360 yeah it's somewhere in 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 that range where i want to throw as straight as possible and not have to worry about it finishing right like i i want to hit a tunnel and i want to finish off to the left for me as a right-handed backhand thrower 
um, and and have that work. Or for a forehand, same deal. Let less distance because I don't throw as far forehand. So when we're talking forehand, it's more like 250 to 300 for me um, with with a disc like this. But same thing where I wanted to go straight and then finish to the right on a forehand shot. So. Yeah. You know what I think Austin, uh, sidearm, sidearm Austin, one of our moderators, kind of nailed it in our side group. The three-tooled uh, FD2 is closer to an overstable FD than the second-run FD is. It could be. I still think that's underselling it a little bit. because I, I don't think, it, in me, it, for me, in me, I've been drinking Waldo now, um, I don't think it's underselling it. Like I think everyone wants a more stable, longer FD, and that's totally what this is. Yeah, I agree. No, that that part of it. I'm I, just saying the second run FD isn't an FD. Like, no, it's definitely not. When you get down to so, it, but but I I like I don't think that. So I actually compared the rims on these so to the second run FD, and the, this has would. this has a bigger rim. It's a wider rim. So like yeah. when I say it's faster, I mean that in two different ways. I mean that it goes farther than my second run FDs and it has a bigger Big rim, rim yeah. therefore is faster. Um, and so that changes the flight characteristics yeah. to some degree. Um, and for me, I, I almost like it better because that like extends out that second run FD, but I don't notice as much of the turn like you do throwing farther and same with Austin throwing farther than I do. Um, I, I don't notice that, that turn portion of the flight for me, I just see a very similar to my second run FD, but it then also, you know, gets goes a little farther. Yeah. It gets so, faster, goes further. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've seen a little bit, bit more turn, but to be honest, you know, like getting this disc, I, I honestly, I threw my second run FD sparingly, you know, like I know what it's for and I use it for that. And like, I, I don't, but this one, I, I've thrown a lot more. Well, that's so. the difference. Like for me, I was like, ah, yep. Getting after it. And, yeah. and you've seen the rim on my, I've been beating the shit yeah. out of my second run. Uh, but no, I, I, uh, so, I mean, to wrap up, it's a shitty disc. Don't buy them. Um, leave them alone. Let us buy them. Take them off your hands. No one wants these discs. Just uh, send them to the Disc Golf Podcast. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's better for everyone. All right, so... Uh, they also glow in the dark, just so you know. Yeah, so it's clear that we're both all in on the disc. Oh, yeah, it's, and it's in my bag. I'd say we're all in on the beer, right? Oh, God, yes. So we're we're four for four here. We're four for... We're a very, like, blurry four for four. No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, like, five for five. This is, like, the... Them does um, hitting Joe hard. It is. I was doing so well. I'm like not even halfway through this, and I like all of a sudden it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, we also had like zero animosity or argument or craziness for the first time in weeks <laughs> on our podcast, which I don't know what to do with. You like to just start a fight? <laughs> um, um, we could argue about flashing, or you know, but what is what is are this? We gonna, We're four are, for four. Are we, are we gonna argue that flashing sucks? It does. Oh yeah, that's I, that's I, the only get, bad part. Get about yourself this. some some like three hundred grit. Yeah, maybe even the wet paper. That stuff works yeah, great. Just, just run. Yeah, just get it wet. Just, running around just, the edge and you're well, fine. Yeah, or just throw it. Like fuck it. It's great. It's a great. You know, disc. it doesn't. Who who holds the disc there? Like it doesn't do anything to my hand. I, like it doesn't matter. I agree. I it it uh, 
I did it on one of them. I don't need it on the others. It, it the flashing on the bottom of the rim that is the killer for me. Yeah, not not this disc, but on another disc that has exactly like right right at the right where, where your fingers finger curl pads up. hit. That's yeah. that's an so issue. So with for that me. said, too, actually, I'm going to take one more step back before we fully wrap up. Um, Robin threw the shit out of the disc before I even touched them, and you couldn't tell at all. Yeah. These are like the most durable color glow discs there are. Too. I bounced off of rocks. I threw. Yep. I was. I was throwing intentional skip shots off of a gravel driveway, um, where I was intentionally landing the disc like 240 feet out on gravel, skipping up towards a basket, and I. I don't have a nick. There's like nope. there's scuff marks, but but they. This is so far looking like a very very durable run of the color glow plastic. So. Um, I, in my opinion, this is a unicorn. I like it. So, all right. What's, what's your rating? Four for four. Um, four for four is, <laughs> I'm going straight to the, um, what did we call it? The lines game we came up with. Uh huh. God, that's just, that is all yeah. money. That is like the greatest idea ever. So, so it would be, uh, you've, you've got Eagle, Simon, Paul and, and, and girthy, girthy and they have to match their shots. Right. And the that's four way, for four. The Right. And the only way that we like make it even crazier. And originally this is what I thought of, but then just, he would get outed quickly because of the over the top line. All right-handed players too. I feel like that would have to be the sorry lefties, but yeah, for the well, integrity of the game. Version, but if we wanted to go like crazy lines too, I guess if, if we found the right course where like the over the top wasn't there as much, I think Rico would be a really good substitute for like silly, weird, like roller Scooby under like, he's just got the weirdest shots in the bag. Crafty old disc yeah, golf veteran. E- exactly. Um, yeah. but, I, but I think ultimately you want the big arms. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and it would be fun. I think to see, because chicks I dig honestly, the long D. I honestly believe that Paul can match most of those lines, and I think a lot of people might not realize that he has. He that, just chooses that not power. to. Yeah, I, he he's like I can just pipe it up the middle four hundred fifty feet. Why would I? I don't ever plan on saying what Paul can't do. True. So like because as far as I'm concerned, it just puts you on the slate to be proven wrong. <laughs> right. Right. So, but I think that would be the the most rad thing ever. So that's my rating is a uh, a lines game with yeah. those four out of four. I like it. All right. Well, that's all we got for on, for you on this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. Check out our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. We've got some discs up there, some awesome Disc Golf Podcast shirts. Get yours. They're they're running out. So. Uh, get on there at this point and, and uh, get your Disc Golf Podcast gear. Also, check out patreon.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. We have a pre-show every single week. So it's like an extra Disc Golf Podcast episode that you can get a- access to by just you know pledging to our show and supporting us so we can keep buying discs and reviewing them and uh, continuing the wonderful nonsense. I also want to plug our Slack group. If you hit our website that I mentioned before, there's a join Slack link. We have an awesome disc golf community hundreds of people on there there's communities for your local area there's uh, channels for getting tips there's channels for bragging about the discs you just got there's all kinds of shenanigans going on 24 7 
people all over the place. It's a lot of fun. So check it out if you're looking for an awesome disc golf community um, that's that's active all oh, the it's, time. It's, it's nice Reddit. So throwstuffandstuff.com. Join Slacklink is on there. Uh, check it out. We'll welcome you every single time. So uh, check that out. And lastly, throw five stars on this. Whatever podcast player you're on, uh, hit that five stars, especially on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Helps people find the podcast. Uh, double lastly, before Robin wraps it, wraps it. Um, Luke, we love you very much. But uh, after the show, we're actually going to play you out with a very special ace call. Oh, can we do? Can we do? Can we do? Flicker gently after that. Why not? Because I I, I always like hearing that. No, I end. mean like why not? Of course we can. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, in the meantime, disc golfers, get out there and throw stuff at stuff. Hey, Robin. Hey, Joe. It's Carly. Uh, I'm out here with Cliff and Seabay. We're playing in Daphne, Alabama, and uh, just wanted to let you guys know, um, first throw of the day, about 225 feet, I uh, got my first ace, so um, just just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything, Joe, but uh, my girlfriend aced before you, and she's only like five foot, 100 pounds. I've only been playing for a little while. You may want to practice or... Take some notes from Joe or Robin. Sorry, man. That's pretty embarrassing. All right. Uh, just wanted to let you know that I uh, got my ace before you. Okay, bye. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking outrun an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say Hey, I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it Smoothly, I'm gonna toss it so sweetly. And then you say, Hey, I hit some metal. And then you say, Wait a minute, Robin. I think I'm starting to get it now. Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me, it's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hug it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hug it.